Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz. Titus Welliver, he was, uh, was he on Lost? He was, yeah. Yeah, I, which I never watched. Oh my gosh. Wow. We can no longer do this <laughs> podcast together. I'm sorry. It's been fun, but it's over now. At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz begins now. Hello, friends. I am Lou Katz, welcoming you to the podcast that keeps you up to date on the forever-changing world of entertainment. With us are a resident expert from Vulture and WTOP Radio. Let's hear it for Jen Chaney. He's my favorite Vulture. (laughs) (laughs) And now, I know you've been waiting for him, the Yoda of movie reviewers, you recognize him, you love him. Brits bring on Arch Campbell. That's right. Yoda and I are about the same age now. <laughs> so this is our gala summer special. And normally we would be talking about the gala summer movie season preview, except this summer, most of everything has been uh, rescheduled. But there are still some great things uh, streaming on a channel near you. And so... This is why I love talking to Jen Cheney. And our opening question always is, Jen, what are you excited about this week? Well, one thing I'm excited about is a new limited series that's coming to AMC on Sunday. It's called Mm -hmm. Quiz. Mm -hmm. And it's a British series based on, I don't know if you remember the uh, scandal around the British-based Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when it appeared that some contestants had kind of defrauded the show out out of money. So this is a, a kind of dramatic revisitation of that uh, and told in an interesting way kind of framed around the trial of um, believe it or not their names were Charles and Diana the couple that was uh, <laughs> at the center of this and so you it, it allows you to go back and look at you know who who really was at fault here was the was the network ITV at fault because they, they didn't have good security or did these people actually do what um, what it appears they may have done? And the couple's played by Matthew McFadden from Succession and Cyan Clifford, who was in Fleabag. She played Fleabag's sister. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a it's a good cast, and it's it's only three episodes. It's a very short, limited series, um, and it's directed by Stephen Frears. Just really, wow. um, th- th- I would say that um, don't Google the case before you start watching it because I remembered very generally what had happened, but not specifically. And uh, it's it's better to go into it with your with your mind sort of open as to what actually happened. Yeah, and this kind of resonates with uh, McMillions is what I'm go- where I'm going right off the bat. It seems like people love these. Uh, if it's would you call it true crime or true scams? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it did remind me of McMillions, and also because it happened around the same time. There's, um, you know, they go to trial and or or get caught, I guess, in like 2001. And there's a point where 9/11 kind of intrudes into the picture mm-hmm. for a moment, um, and that's the same kind of time frame that McMillions was happening. Wow. So, uh, and uh, AMC, you know, they, uh, they've they got uh, a little bit of the secret sauce, I think. They're, uh, they're pretty good at these kind of shows, like FX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's something coming up that I am very excited about just from seeing the trailer. Okay. And it is uh, Perry Mason which I think is going to be on, is that on uh, HBO? Yes, it's going to be on HBO. It debuts June 21st. 
Um, and it, evidently they're doing it, they're setting it in the 1930s. Right. Uh, where the novels were set. And I, you know, I'm just kind of a sucker for that 1930s style. Like I really liked the uh, remake of Mildred Pierce a few years ago, mm -hmm. which was more uh, along the, the uh, lines of the novel than uh, the uh, the movie from the 40s. Mm -hmm. I just like the look of this Perry Mason. And of course, I love that actor. Matthew Reese, yes. Yeah. I, I love him too. So I'm very curious about this for that reason alone. But you're right. It doesn't, um, the teasers for it do not make it look anything like the TV show that most people are familiar with. Have you seen an episode yet? They have not um, shared screeners. So no, I haven't seen any of it yet. Hmm. Well, all I can tell you is uh, the trailer has got my attention, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what else is uh, coming up? Uh, so there's another HBO show that debuts on June 7th called I May Destroy You. Uh, <laughs> and I have a feeling people are going to be talking about this. It stars uh, Michaela Cole, who mm -hmm. was in a show, um, a British show that was on Netflix called Chewing Gum. And she developed this series. It's about a woman who she gets drugged at some point on a night out. And I believe she either actually was raped or she thinks she was raped, but you're not sure. And, and her memory is all screwy. Um, so you have to kind of go back and piece together what happened to her. I, th I think it's going to be a big moment for Michaela Cole just to have her own series like this, especially if it catches on and people start watching it. I was telling you before we got started, I had a Zoom meeting. Everybody, you know, everybody's doing Zoom meetings now. Are you doing those with your friends and relatives? Um, with my friends, yes. And we were doing them at work. <laughs> Even before we we were using Zoom just as a uh, to to handle our kind of in in office meetings. So um, so I had been using it before, but not nearly as much as I do now. <laughs> After years of uh, living in a house, uh, Gina and I now live in a condo, and our condo meeting had uh, seventy four old people on a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> giving new meaning to the term mute. <laughs> the mute button was quite overused. You guys could have sold some Geritol right there online <laughs> and made a killing. But I, I had a Zoom meeting with a lot of my uh, old friends from Channel 4, and uh, including Bob Ryan and Kelly Burke and Jack Clority and I.J. Hudson and Joe Krebs. And uh, we started talking about what we're watching. And one of the things that was mentioned uh, prominently is a show on Amazon Prime called A French Village. And I am planning on starting that this summer. It's in French. It's the story of a village uh, during World War II that's occupied by the Nazis. And, uh, and I'm hearing really great things about that. And, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And I hope I can uh, stay with it. I've been meaning to thank you for putting me on to BoJack Horseman. Mm. I started it uh, six years ago when it first started and lost interest. And because of you, I went back and 
watched all six seasons with Will Arnett as a depressed, famous horse actor who uh, won fame in a television series in the uh, 90s and now is uh, living his life on the downside. Uh, and it's a very deep satire of Hollywood uh, biting because I, I binged all six seasons of it, I kind of feel like I need to start over with the thing. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, there's there's so much going on in the animation in that show, things in the background, in addition to all the, you know, just the denseness of the material that they're dealing with itself. Like it's, it, a lot of those episodes bear rewatching for that reason. Uh, I th Would you include that on your list of, uh, say, the 10 most brilliant things uh, streaming uh, this decade? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. When we did the list of, um, at the, at the end of this decade that just ended, <laughs> we did mm -hmm. a list, um, of some of the best shows and I'm, I'm, I believe Bojack was on it rightfully. So. Yeah. I looked at that list and I just want to recommend it to anybody listening in. I think it, is it the 100 best shows on cable? Well, there is one of those. We did a big thing where we, there was so much TV that we had to like put it in different categories of best and worse. So that's that, but that's different. That was like our TV in the 2010s massive list that will take you longer to read than, uh, Watching a whole season of television, probably. <laughs> well, I just, I want to put in a plug for Vulture. I really like what you all are doing there. And uh, my old friends, a bunch of old retired TV guys, like me, we've all discovered Bosch on Amazon Prime. And uh, Jen, I would kind of, I mean... It's uh, a police uh, procedural thing, and, and it does a lot of the normal cliched things. But after a while, it's a wonderful showcase for character actors you've never seen before. And, uh, and they do some things that, uh, that uh, continue as uh, each season goes on. And I've become a big fan of Bosch, and I have binged five seasons of 10 episodes over the last week. Wow. <laughs> 50 hours, which tells you something about my life. <laughs> and my wife is right in there with me. In fact, now we used to watch the uh, six o'clock NPR or PBS news. Instead, we <laughs> sit down for another hour of uh, Bosch. So that's my story. So I think we should give equal time to Lou Katz. What are you watching these days? We've gotten into the great. Oh, okay. Oh, the great. The yes. great. And uh, at first, I didn't think it was so great, but, you know, now I'm getting into it. I, I think it's, you know, I've never been a period piece kind of guy, but I sort of find that would be a lot of fun. Uh, what I didn't find fun was the finale uh, this past Sunday of Run. Oh, oh man! I don't want to. I don't want to give it away in case you are following the series. But I was really let down by the whole how the whole thing ended. How about you guys? Yeah, it was it was a really bad ending to the point where it felt like someone came in and said, "Okay, two minutes left," and then pencils down, and they're like, "Oh man, we got to finish this the show really fast." And uh, it didn't it didn't make sense, and it was it started out so strong, it was really disappointing. Yeah, Ron lost me after the second episode. It just they it. Lost lost me. Now, partly, as I told you, I'm a railroad nerd, and uh, they did some things that uh, railroad nerds would uh, pick up on, uh, which 
I don't need to mention. I mean, they lost me. It's like whenever they do something about uh, writing for a newspaper or working on a radio or a TV station, they, they're, if you're involved in that universe, you always pick up on the things that are that don't ring true. Uh, but I just, I lost interest in it. And then I see that the finale really that's a shame. And one more thing I was watching over the weekend and wondering, Arch, if you watched it, was the golf charity event. I missed it. You're I did kidding. not watch it. Oh. I didn't. I'm on this kick where I've got to take uh, like a one to two mile walk every afternoon. And so I was out walking around the neighborhood. Well, uh, I w- tell me, tell me more. It was really was Tiger Woods and his pals. Yeah. T- well, Tiger Woods and Pey- Peyton Manning were, uh, were together. And then you had Phil Mickelson and uh, Tom Brady. And, and it was so great to see guys like Tom Brady, like, you know, hit one way into the woods and, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and the weather was absolutely terrible down there. They had pouring rain in Orlando. And these guys are driving around in their carts. It was really, it was really great. And of course, most importantly, they raised, I think, about twenty-one million dollars for charity for uh, COVID nineteen uh, frontliners and so Whoa. forth. So it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's been discussed doing uh, baseball in empty stadiums and uh, other sports uh, without crowds. And someone, I think it was John Oliver, has reminded us that uh, a baseball team has uh, a staff of uh, hundreds of people. And in order to... uh, photograph uh, an event, you need all kind of production people. It's not like, uh, you know, an empty uh, thing that a couple of people can do. Uh, So I don't know how that's going to work. I'd be I'd be interested to know how many people it took to uh, put that golf match on TV. I don't know about the one this past weekend, but the one before the charity event on NBC, the very first one uh-huh. uh, that came up, my my daughter who works for uh, the network was telling me they mm. did it, they did it for about hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They had a, like a skeleton crew, maybe a handful wow. of camera people. I mean, and they did it, you know, you know, really inexpensively considering what they were trying to cover. But now that you have revealed revealed uh, your state secret that your daughter works for NBC. (laughs) I think we're going to expect some more inside information from you. Oh yeah, like like she gets any. (laughs) She's on the bottom step of a very low low ladder, but... uh... No, she, it's, 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 it's always great to get, get some dirt from her, but I really don't have anything to report. But that, that was about well, the only thing I could tell you is that they pulled that off and didn't spend a whole lot of money doing it. Okay, so the, we're in our summer season, and we're looking forward to uh, the summer. And I want to ask both of you, what are you not going to see this? What were you looking forward to this summer that they've delayed, Jen or Lou? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> oh, I know what I was kind of looking forward to um top gun 2 which is now pushed to december assuming that they stick to that schedule it it feels very strange to see a top gun movie at christmas like that's no that should be in july yeah yeah i was actually looking forward to mulan 
the live version of it. Disney was on a roll with those things. And, and I, I was kind of interested. And of course, everybody's talking about Tenant with oh, Christopher yeah. Nolan. And you know, here's the big question. How, when do you see yourself going back into a crowded movie theater? I don't, I don't think they're going to be crowded movie theaters at first. I think whatever the first phase is of letting us back in, they're gonna, they're gonna do social distancing policies where they're not gonna seat everybody uh, in the theater, they're going to have like half capacity or something. So if, if there were certain like precautions taken and we start to see a, a, we get over the plateau here in the DC area, I would feel a little bit better about it. But like, I don't know that we're going to be at that point when Tenet is supposed to come out, which is what they're banking on, that that's going to bring everybody back, which of course I would love that to be the case. I just don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think it's, I don't think in September we're going to be going back to movies. I don't think in July or August, September, I think think it's going to be a lot longer than that mm. and uh we were talking before do you think this time is going to impact content i mean personally i just i told you i binged 50 hours well i, I binged 50 episodes they're about 40 minutes so it's not 50 hours worth it's only about 40 hours worth <laughs> but about an hour but, back <laughs> I'm binging all this long form stuff. And, you know, I kind of like it. I get to know the characters better. I get to where I, I call them by name and I, I'll start looking them up. Who is this guy? I've never seen him before. I just, I wonder if it's going to change the way we feel about movies. I guess I, I feel like that already started to happen to some extent, at least in terms of you know, what the quote unquote cultural conversation is. Um, television has dominated that for at least 10 years, uh, you know, and I, obviously some of this is based on our, our own frames of reference, but, you know, a lot of my friends who are our parents and have been for a while, they never, they can't get out to a movie. So their whole lives are always watching television shows when they have the time to do that. But I think even, even younger people and people without families and so on, like I don't know. It just seems like people are always talking about TV more so than film at this point. Lou, what about you? When are you going to go back to a uh, movie theater? When they lower the price of popcorn, Arch, is basically it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can't tell you. I'm, a, I'm certainly in no rush to go in, into any restaurants or any movie theaters. But listening to you guys talk about all the Hollywood stuff, it made me uh, think about something I heard over the weekend, or, or I may have read somewhere on the Internet, that all these producers and, I mean, Everything came to a halt, and you just can't snap your fingers and have it restart again, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's producing pilots for television shows or things like that, right? I mean, you all know more about that yeah. stuff than I do. Yeah. Anything that, that's going to come up, it's going to take even longer once they get the green light to start, right? Yeah, the pipeline is starting to dry up, right? I mean, it, the thing is, it's not for movies because all these things were pushed mm -hmm. back. So when that, I mean, one of two things will happen. Either we will go back to theaters in some way, in some modified way, and some of those movies will come out, or the theaters, I mean, the studios are going to say, this is taking too long. We've got to just go ahead and, and cut our losses and put them on demand, in which case we'll have a million movies to watch all of a sudden. TV is, is more complicated for the reasons you just said. I think there's a lot of pitching going on. Animation is still able to go forward a little more easily than, than live action. So some of that stuff is still happening, but there is going to come a point where because production shut down, there, there may be a, a little bit of a hole until they can get started up again, but we haven't gotten there yet. And every day I keep getting press releases of other things that are starting in July. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. And now speaking of what happens, 
I think let's hand it over to Lou for a blatant plug from our sponsor and our enabling <laughs> platform, Hound Radio. Always glad to fill in this little gap with a, another promotion and things that we got going on here on The Hound. Check it out. Hound Radio welcomes you to the weird and wacky world of dogs. A weekly look at what our canine friends are up to. At some point, COVID restrictions will ease and many of us who've been sheltering at home will return to work or school. While we might welcome the change, it can be pretty unsettling for our dogs. After all, they've had us at their beck and call for months and won't like it when their routine changes. They could start to show separation anxiety. So it's a good idea to start preparing your pup now to cope with any stress the return to whatever the new normal is may cause. If you haven't had a regular feeding and walking schedule while you stayed at home, start one and make it as close as possible to your back-to-work schedule. Make a play and exercise session part of your daily routine. Leave your dog alone for a short while and gradually increase his time alone each day to get him used to it. As you begin transitioning, work from home as much as you can. Take your dog for a long walk or run before you leave for the day if possible. Consider doggy daycare. And remember, change can be hard, but you and your pup are in it together. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio. At the Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System. Okay, before we get going, I want to take a moment to uh, discuss another one of those great Washington, D.C. characters whose obituary just made the Washington Post today, May 26th, and that is Tommy Curtis. 75 years old. Lou, you must have known Tommy Curtis. Yes, I knew Tommy. Radio disc jockey on the old WMAL FM and later the owner and operator of the Yacht Club. Jen, did you know this guy at all, Tom Curtis? Is he Tommy the Matchmaker? Tommy the Matchmaker. Then yes, I did. (laughs) Tommy the Matchmaker. Did you ever encounter him? I feel like I might have interviewed him a long time ago. Uh, He was such a character. Yeah. He would call you. He was the kind of guy that would call you up. You'd answer the phone and he'd start talking. And after about five paragraphs, you would figure out, oh, it's Tommy the Matchmaker. Tommy uh, is from a, a Hollywood family. Uh, Harry Cohn, I think, was uh, two generations. The head of Columbia Pictures goes back two or three generations in the family. The uh, Cohns changed their name to Curtis. Tommy's brother, Bruce Cohn Curtis, is a longtime film producer who made a lot of, uh, uh, you know, B-horror films in the 80s, Dreamscape and Hell Night. But uh, Tommy uh, found his place in the world uh in the Yacht Club, running the Yacht Club, Tommy the Matchmaker. Arch, about three years ago, Tommy was on a local podcast hosted by former broadcast executive Andy Ockershausen, and he talked about some advice he'd give to women going to the Yacht Club. To women, I would say, when you're coming to the Yacht Club, this is a true story, I would say uh, don't go to a uh, Malaysian or a, uh, what's the, Thai restaurant. Because it's full of garlic, and you, you know, and I know you don't think you're going to meet anybody, but you probably will when you don't think. DC used to have this outrageous collection of characters uh, represented by people like Tommy Curtis and uh, 
I am uh, very sad to uh, hear of his death. Any any memories of uh, Tommy the Matchmaker? Arch, I remember first hearing about this decades ago that when I used to listen to Tommy when he did the midday show uh, on 107.3, yeah. which back then was known as WMALFM, yeah. that he never did it live, ever, ever. It was always really? it was always pre-recorded. Um, an engineer uh, buddy of mine that I've known for many many years, Dave Sproul, used to work with him and said, "Yes, Tommy was very very adamant on never going on the air live." Uh, I don't know if it was out of nerves or out of perfection to want to record stuff, but I was shocked when I found out that Tommy never did a show live. He was relentless in his Tommy the matchmakerness. <laughs> Do you remember anything about your interview with him, Jim? I don't. I just remember the Yacht Club being, you know, exactly. sort of a notorious place. <laughs> oh, my God. We went over one night to the Yacht Club with the camera crew and turned the light on. And, you know, it was like it was like the moment when you turn the light on in the kitchen and all the roaches <laughs> run under the counter. <laughs> Tommy was always surrounded by beautiful women. I will say that. Uh-huh. Always. Just Tommy the Matchmaker. He was He's just another one of those great characters. So, well, now it's time for our favorite segment. What's your favorite movie in which Jen Cheney challenges the dim wit of both Lou and me? So we're celebrating the beginning of summer, Jen. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that has something to do with your challenge. It does. <laughs> Surprisingly. Really? Uh, I'm sure. A, a lot of parents right now and, and kids are wondering what they're going to be doing about summer camp, mm. which made me think, what is your favorite summer camp movie? Oh, well, I think I'm going to go for the original Friday the 13th. Wasn't that a summer camp movie? Yeah, there, it was. I mean, it's not a camp you want to go to. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. But yes. <laughs> And you know, how many how many sequels did they make to Friday the 13th? Did they oh, make 13 of them? I, I, it feels like that's got to be correct, at least. And people kept going back to that camp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your favorite summer camp movie? You're not going to believe this when I tell you, but I, yeah. I, I remember because of the song from the movie, Meatballs, with Bill Murray. <laughs> Counselor. Hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available in this price range. <laughs> yes. That reminds me, another one of my new go-to things is the 10 o'clock Saturday night repeat of Saturday Night Live. And last week they ran they ran the one with um they ran one from 1978 with the original cast, including Bill Murray and John Belushi, Jane Curtin. And they're, they're not brilliant, but they're wonderful to see. Fred Willard was the host is the reason they uh, ran it. They're just very interesting to watch. And even, even when they're not brilliant, it's interesting to watch, you know, the, the germination of these uh, brilliant people's career. So that's another one of my go-tos. And uh, Meatballs, that was, that was one of Bill Murray's early. Yeah. So Jen, what, what is your favorite summer camp movie? Well, I was, I was also going to say Meatballs. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
it's the quintessential summer camp movie. Um, but I will also add um, a film that is in, in part a, a satire of it, and that's Wet Hot American Summer, which was also then made into a, a two seasons of, of a Netflix series. You guys aren't supposed to be out of your bunks. You're in trouble. Have you seen my swimming, buddy? I was busy. It's your job to make sure kids don't drown. That's a fun one. Yeah. So, well, um, what are you recommending for the next couple of weeks? We're going to take next week off, and then we'll be back week after next. We're going to go on a summer schedule every two weeks. No heavy lifting. <laughs> what are you? What? What? Where should? What should we do for the next two weeks, Jen? I would say, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, quiz is a good show to check out. Quiz, yeah. And this is a counter recommendation. So at least based on my experience so far, um, if you're thinking about watching Space Force, you know, really? watch the first episode or two, and then and then see if you really want to invest the time. Because wow, uh, yeah, it's, it's really a bummer that that show is not better than it is. Wow. Okay. Lewis, how are we going to wrap this up this week? Well, you guys must remember the L.A. disc jockey who did the, the song Disco Duck back in the 70s, Rick Dees. Mm -hmm. He had a song on the Meatballs soundtrack. <laughs> so that shall be the way we wrap up the show today. We'll see you in two weeks.
This is the CATS Podcasting System.